This is Mission Disco, the conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. One concept we've been thinking about or has come to our attention has been that of chaplaincy and what chaplaincy looks like. And we're particularly interested in this because it's it's really at some level it's about language. You know, it's yeah, it's not it's not intense theological training. I think he, I think they do a twelve week uh, training course. Training yeah. course. It can be ordinary, committed people, but they they don't have to be clergy. They don't have to be ordained, um, and yet they can they can receive this sort of. Uh, title mm-hmm. it's a definition of who yeah. they are which which places them in a missionary environment or missionary context and it seems to be well received um like it's it's permission to be a missionary there yeah and it not be awkward yeah <laughs> you know would that concept does that concept exist in the states do you have chaplains yeah there are used? there are chaplains but i wouldn't what does that look i wouldn't like? it, w- it would sort of seem um just such a minority, such a small. Would it be kind of an old-fashioned? Well, it, I guess it would be maybe quarantined to certain environments, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, which is which is part of what I find fascinating about Andrew yeah. and about this idea is kind of releasing it, put, putting chaplains everywhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he talks about uh, wanting to have chaplains in in malls, shopping centers, uh, court waiting rooms yeah. uh, basically anywhere where there are people who are in need who might have sort of spiritual need or spiritual hunger which is kind of everywhere actually um, to empower and label or identify yeah. people yeah. they'll take on that title yeah. I think it's a little bit and maybe has come a little bit out of street pastors the idea of people being there to help and serve and that's usually between, you know, 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. Um, but I think the idea of having a chaplain in a place, again, it's a, a place of serving and coming alongside rather than a position of authority. And I think that's it. yeah. it's the posture of it maybe that's intriguing. So, you know, Andrew talks about essentially the work that they're doing or the what they're there to do is to serve. But of course, I, I, I see that as, but there's more going on there. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a humble way to describe what they're doing. But there's actually more going on there. The, the posture is servanthood. The, 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 the social contract is servanthood. We're just here to listen. We're here to serve. Um, but because you take that desire, that almost pastoral gift or that pastoral calling, and you place it, you put it, you locate it, in the place of mission, in the place of desperate people in real need, actually, that's missionary engagement. So you're saying for people then in in churches, in places where they're more pastoral or more, yeah, God's put a heart for them for pastoral care or for support, actually, people like that can still be missionaries as well. Because a lot of the time we think of people who are just evangelists out there. Exactly, incredible. So you've got people who who think, well, I'm I'm no evangelist, you know, I'm no I'm not mm. bold like that or I, I I just care for people and so on. But the only place that they've been allowed to use that gift, yeah. the only place that that's made sense is within the confines of a church. So you're just really interacting with people that already have a relationship with God. 
they're already Christian or whatever. Yeah. And just by putting that person with a heart for people or a shepherding kind of gift in a missionary environment, all of a sudden those people are saying, well, they're, they're drawing out mission. Mm. They're, they're drawing out evangelism, right? They're drawing out the miraculous or healing or whatever because they're sick, because they're lost, because they're confused, because they're desperate. And so the person whose heart is, is to care, is compassion, is shepherding, well, they're going to pray yeah. for your healing. They're going to try to introduce you to the good news about Jesus, mm. the truth about Jesus for you. They're going to try to find a way to help you get into community so that your life, uh, so that you're surrounded somehow with people that care about you. It's incredible to me the the potential of that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading a book years ago. I can't remember who it's by. You're better remembering authors and quotes. But I remember just the idea of uh, a church pastoring the community. What does it look like to actually think beyond your walls as a pastor? How does it, what do you look, how do you look after your community? And I think that's something we need to, yeah, reconsider. Mm. Think about what does it mean mm. to pastor community, pastor other people and be there for other people. There's a great um, program on Netflix. I know you've seen it um, called Broken, mm. which is a really, and I think maybe the, did the Catholic Church do this better? I don't know, but it's a great story of this. Catholic priest in England who it's called broken. He's, he shows his life is broken, but also he's there alongside people. And it's maybe he's earned that, that role and earned that authority to speak into people's lives, but he's in people's houses. He's calling to people. He spends his time out in the streets. There's that I'm here to look after people. And he recognizes his own brokenness. And I think people recognize it in him too, but he's there to look after people. Maybe a bit like a chaplain in, in that town center. It's funny, you know, we, we, we almost typecast certain sort of the missionary person is going to be this kind of out there, you know, fearless, yeah. articulate, uh, person. And, and maybe that's hurt us because we've, we've, I don't know, restricted the, the belief of people that, oh, that, well, that's not me. That's not, that's not my personality. It's not who I am. And I've always thought that a lot of what mission is, is, is geography it's location you know just put yourself mm -hmm. where people need you but then i think what's really innovative about this chaplaincy idea is to we've talked a lot about that neighboring and and you know incarnation and those kind of principles of of the missionary life of a life on mission but once you get there you go into third space or whatever then what do you do? <laughs> you know, yeah. Because no one's turning to you and saying, oh, you, you're so clearly the religious person, the Christian person. Please help me. We're, 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 we're veiled. Our identity is veiled to them. And if anything, we feel like we can't rush to describe ourselves as Christian because they'll, they'll, they'll be turned off by that or something. But that's what's so interesting to me about yeah. Andrew and this chaplaincy idea is that they, that they they wear uniforms and they have like a badge that yeah. says yeah. I'm a chaplain, you know, yeah. Chaplain Brian or whatever. And uh, I just think that's that's you know magical because now all of a sudden the terms are understood. If you're not interested in that, you can just say, yeah, no, thanks. You know, he's talking about being a chaplain in a shopping center, and that chaplain has permission from the owner and from the managers of the stores to pop in to the stores and to the employees and just say, Hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. 
but it's also a light touch that it's not, they're not there to, to necessarily, you know, convert people, but they're there to care. They're mm -hmm. there if you need something, if yeah. you need spiritual support or anything, I'll be here for you. I am here for you. This is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. I just think that's incredible. It's something about defining ourselves. In it, that's the boldness. That's the bold part. You've already been bold because you're wearing the name tag. Yeah, that's enough boldness. Yeah, and I think the the fascinating thing about him and other situations is that he's working somewhere else. He's not paid to do this. He's doing it in his own time. He's just an ordinary person. Right. He gives up a day or an afternoon or a Saturday or an evening or whatever it is just to to be there. Well, and he and Andrew's so so remarkable because of his his work in in city center, because mm. of his his work in government and and his relationships. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he's built up an incredible, uh, well, a credibility yeah. uh, with people to be able to do that to even ask for these roles or positions yeah. to exist. So it's really a lifetime of 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 missionary engagement of him being in in the city in the life of the city not just in in church walls you know and he t he says you know in the interview he talks about his um his pursuit of what do you call it ordination or yeah what, what is yeah, it called yeah. or the i forget the methodist term of going down that road of uh wanting to be a professional minister or whatever yeah and, you know, it's it's interesting to me that he took that route thinking, well, I have this call to ministry. I should probably do ministry. But he still just finds himself right back yeah, in yeah. city center life. And that's the most potent, most profound place he could be as a minister, you know. Um, and then I think what's what's important to both of us, and, and maybe it's even worth saying here that, that um, praxis – you know, as a as a community, as a sort of you know, family of missionary people, in uh, the Praxis Conference uh, is about helping ordinary people mm. engage in mission in creative ways in Ireland, um, and they found an interesting way to do that, an interesting way into that. You, you know, I'm I'm just I mean, of course, I I don't. I'm new to the context and the culture, so I, I need to understand this a little bit better. But there is, it does seem to me like there is um, some, some, a power dynamic, a mistrust, if you will, of people in spiritual leadership or people in church leadership, right? So if you're a priest or a minister or a pastor or whatever it's called, uh, that could actually be a, a negative. Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, a liability to to go by that title, but definitely if, initially. Anyway, I think you have to you have you to have get to yourself out yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 you have to earn something from that negative place. But but chaplaincy feels different, doesn't it? It's like maybe it's more neutral. Yeah, or po yeah, possibly so. even positive. Yeah, still. Yeah, in some way. And I think probably you get chaplains in schools and colleges, as I said, but you also get them in hospitals, and you're getting. Yeah. I think I don't know when people are in those situations. Someone's coming alongside them, supporting them, listening to them, being there for them, calling back to them, and they earn that just through what they're doing. There's just this respect or a willingness to accept them in, and I think. So every hospital chaplain, in a way, has built up a good yeah a good yeah relationship and. 
a, a positive connotation yeah. that you're borrowing on when you become yeah. a chaplain. Just in the same way in which if you're if you're in professional ministry and you're a clergy or something like that, you you have to deal with the people that have gone before you. Yeah. The people that have maybe yeah. hurt others and have abused power. Uh, you have to live with that reputation. And chaplaincy does feel a little bit different, which is again to me part of why it's very innovative is to think, well actually this term it does give some kind of spiritual significance. It does, it does, you know, name who we are, what we're doing, what we mean to do. But it still feels generous. It still feels humble. It still feels like, yeah, if you're in the hospital and you have a dying loved one or something, and that person just shows up to yeah. be there for you in a place, a place and time of need, it's actually kind of beautiful. Um, and, and you're a chaplain. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Actually, and that's become for you a real place of mission. I don't know. Integrate your story and his story. How, how did? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's interesting. I do it a day a week as part of a team uh, in a school. Um, it's just a really interesting environment to be in. I suppose being in alongside others, pair kind of as a a staff member, but being there for others and being available, meeting with students or whatever the the different roles are, teaching classes, taking assemblies. But it's a real, I think in a school when you're employed, it's maybe slightly different than it is for Andrew when he's kind of volunteering his time and he's with people who don't necessarily know who he is. Um, but yeah, I've found it fascinating over the last year and a half just to, to be there, be present, um, listen to people, understand people, getting alongside people. I think a big thing for me as well is the ability to, to partner with, partner with people and particularly teachers. You know, when you're talking about students, there's that, I'm here to help you and serve with you and let's do it together. And that's a really, fascinating part as well and i think the serving part is crucial for us as the church as christians but i think there's something about partnering with others other agencies or other people as well that can really enhance i don't know our relationship with them uh also our credibility within that space yeah. it's what does that look like we're willing to partner with people it's not about just me doing it yeah, and, th- and that's something to do with power, isn't it? It's it's about how power is handled. And it seems like the chaplaincy idea here is is kind of an upside-down mm. power dynamic. You know, the chaplain is not in charge yeah. of anything. So that's what's fascinating, too, is that the chaplain in the school, you're a chaplain in the school. Well, you're not in charge of the school, no. right? The chaplain in the military is not in charge of the battalion or whatever. The, the chaplain in the hospital isn't actually in charge of anything. Yeah. But they're there. They yeah. belong. They have a place. And and they're there to serve. So it's the, the greatest will be the least. And the, the, the leader is the servant. Mm. And to me, that also just feels, I don't know, more congruent with Jesus, with how I understand what it means to be a missionary, and and what's what's gotten weird is that that people in spiritual leadership within a church structure are in charge. You know, there's sort of there's some power dynamic yeah. there, and and I'm not saying that's all bad, obviously, but but something is sort of backwards in that regard, where that this chaplaincy idea um, makes right. Or flips right side up. Uh, that 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 you 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 have clear spiritual position, and hopefully you would have authority in the lives of people. You're there for them, but you're not in charge. Mm-hmm. You're not calling the shots. You're not you're not 
deciding how the money's spent. You're yeah. not you're not uh, deciding who's hired or who's fired yeah. or whatever. And so to put spiritual leaders in that position can be a little bit strange or straining to the mm. to the life of of mission. I mean, as a chaplain yourself, does it feel more like pastoral kind of care, or does it feel more like mission, missionary? I think there's, yeah, there's both, because I'm not particularly, I don't think my gifting is all about being pastoral, but there is an opportunity to just to be there and listen to people. And because the majority of the people in, in the school in those contexts aren't, don't have a faith, and there's always opportunity, and not to articulate it in words necessarily, but to be there and to speak hope, to share things, uh, to encourage, to, to challenge um, I think it does. It's a, yeah, it's a place. It's great being back in a place where there's lots of people who don't have a faith and have mm. opportunities just to, just to be there and listen to people, listen to God, mm. be present. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, and and uh, I think part of what intrigued me about the whole thing is just even if you don't go through a twelve week training or you don't have a badge mm-hmm. on that says mm. chaplain. Uh, to begin to think about, okay, well, I work in a, you know, law firm or something like that, and, uh, you know, how do I integrate my faith at work? Mm. How do I, how do I, how do I bring Jesus somehow into this place? Mm. And to imagine yourself, if not to to say that I, I, I'm the chaplain of this law firm, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe even to ask permission or your boss or something. I just think that is so intriguing to 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 change the dynamics of the relation to say listen i have a deep faith i'm not interested in hurting people with it i just if anyone ever needed help spiritually counseling in any way had curiosity about god uh, i'm here i work here i love everyone here i'm committed to the the vision and mission of this organization this this company whatever but also I can provide that. And I just, I wonder, even even just in our own minds, if we saw yeah. ourselves more as I am the chaplain of this place mm. where I work, mm. and if that could unlock something. Yeah, you know, yeah, a permission or a... Yes, yeah, permission to, from the people, essentially, yeah. from your colleagues, permission to have a discussion during mm. break time mm-hmm. about spiritual things, to be a person that everyone knows you can come to me. Mm. If you're grieving or if you're you're in need or something like that. Or even I wonder, is there an opportunity to not only be the only person to do it, but actually partner with others who have a similar, maybe who don't have a faith, but who are pastoral and who like supporting people, that there's a team of three people in the in the, the company and, and you're one of those. Yeah, you're doing it in partnership. Yeah. Well, that, that that's what it is, essentially. I mean, if, if there are three uh, committed Jesus people in that firm, well, they are the... Mm-hmm. They are the appointed, yeah, yeah, chaplains for lack of a better word. You know, they actually that's who you are. So maybe it's just about admitting that, or acknowledging that, or living into that, that yeah. identity—the truth of your identity there—and not feeling as awkward. That, I think yeah. that's that's part yeah. of the challenge, isn't it? To when you're surrounded by people that don't have faith, and you do, how do you? And you you think this could be useful, or or bless, or benefit you to know about this, or to to receive something from me how, how do we how do we negotiate that with uh, you know our friends our colleagues mm-hmm. this, this this chaplaincy idea is a way to consider that mm-hmm. so it's fascinating he does also talk about um 
you know what what ends up being like a team of chaplains yeah so i know you have an experience you work on a team yeah uh, of chaplains and then he wants to see what i would call a network of chaplains within the city or mm -hmm. the city center and they draw on uh, each other's experiences and learn from each other i think that's pretty important too yeah yeah i think it has to always be shared there has to be you can't do it by yourself so to want to do it by yourself geographically you're not going to be able to cover the whole area of a city so involving other people and inevitably there's certain people who won't like you but they might like someone else or get on with someone else and people approach things differently so i think as we go forward as the church as god's people in ireland we have to do stuff as teams and we have to do stuff in partnerships we have to work together learn together support one another encourage one another pray for one another all those things and the more we can do that with the more god can do the more sustained we are the more empowered we are when we're doing it with other people it's it's almost like a more desperate location but like a weirder name so i don't know that the word pastor helps you it yeah, might yeah, help I, you at 4 a.m yeah with that clarity but to me chaplaincy is something in between and i think there's an ongoing thing with chaplaincy as well whereas i think with street pastors you're there in an evening you might meet exactly. someone but you may never see them again and it's great to be there in that moment to help them but city center, city center chaplaincy stuff i think gives you more uh, ongoing long-term relationships andrew talks about um the longevity of it the, almost the permanence of it as opposed to a, a sort of parachuting in missionary engagement, yeah, yeah. which is like, I'm here for a few hours yeah. and then I'm gone versus a chaplaincy, which can be a, it can, it can be a, a, maybe a more methodical, slower mm. pace of mission because yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here today. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll yeah. be here next week. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not as, as maybe, uh, frenetic or, I don't want to use the word urgent because I think, yeah. it, you know, it's always spiritual things are always urgent, but, uh, but it's not pressurized. Yeah. And I think you have to, as he walks around, you have to know the streets, know the people on the streets, remember things. There's a much more, a learning process. I suppose it's much more incarnational because you're actually there physically on the streets. You're not just calling people to a thing, to an event. You're, mm. you're going out there. Yeah. It's the, it's the difference between, you know, I, I have a mentor in, a Filipino mentor from Manila who would always say, you know, you Westerners, you're, you, you're always going somewhere mm. fast. And so you don't, you don't notice the world around you, you know, because you're always trying to get somewhere. Mm. We walk, he says, you know, we walk where we go. And because to us, the walk is the ministry. So every they, we notice everything. We notice everyone. Each each step, each mm. street we pass, is the ministry. Yeah, it is part yeah. of the mission. It's yeah. like owning the whole field. But that requires. It's about pace. It requires yeah. slowing. Yeah. Yeah. the missional. It's really wandering again. Yes. rather than marching through. And and again, something about this chaplaincy idea that that connects to that, that mm. allows for that, that. If I know I, I belong here, I'm, I'm a part of this, mm. this ecology of this place. And, and almost to even just to say to people as, as a, as a grand missionary gesture, I'm here, mm. I'm here when you're ready. But I wonder even how much we'd see without wearing a jacket or even calling ourselves chaplain, or maybe to consider that, but just to wander through our towns and villages and cities, just to take an hour a week, just to walk slowly and open our eyes. 
what would what would we see? What would God put in front of us? And to be ready to respond. Ready to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever we see. To be yeah. Ready to respond. Because there would be there would be needs. Absolutely, we just don't see them when we're, yeah. we're running around. We're going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fixated on the yeah. on the goal. Yes, yeah, like journey. that quote about the the destination journey not being about the destination, but actually being about the the journey and getting there. Yeah, it's good. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at PraxisMovement.com.